Now, this is truly a time of refreshing. And I hope that each one of you have, have, have oh, thanks, uh, experienced something of this. You know, while we were worshiping here, I, I, I saw a picture of Jesus with a mop respectfully, just mopping up, mopping up, cleaning up, cleaning up, for there are many things to be cleaned. Our hearts need to be cleansed. A whole lot of refreshing needs to be done. And the Lord has put it on my heart that there's a lot of His people who live with a lot of unforgiveness, resentment, anger, bitterness in your hearts. We've been through difficult times, and to many people it's still a very difficult time. And, you know, when, when, we, when we worshiped here about this Jesus, just be at His feet, and how He loves us, how he, he wants to save us. I just saw this picture of Jesus just taking off that unnecessary weight from your shoulders. For He wants you to live. He wants you to live in fullness of joy. He wants you to live in the fullness of His Spirit. But the enemy is at work so relentlessly. And so many things might have happened in your lives long ago or even recently, and these things sit on you, and it prevents you from really breaking through in the Spirit. And the Lord says today, He wants to clean you. He wants to set you free. Now, you know, and I don't want to bore you with the gory details, but I've been through a few rough patches in my life. You will never say it when you look at me, will you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, anyway. And you know what? I can remember how I was confronted with forgiveness. And I can remember one morning taking a walk in a park, and I was so desperate. And I just said, Lord, I cannot forgive. I cannot forgive. It's impossible. It's impossible. I cannot forgive. If it's people close to you, you most dearest people, doing things like these, it's not easy. Why am I telling you this? Because that morning when I walked through that park, the Lord told me, you can't but I can. And you know what? It's a work of the Spirit. Thank you. It's a work of the Spirit of God in you. So where does that leave us? It leaves us at the point where we just need to be obedient because His Word says that we need to forgive. His Word says that you actually have to forgive. It's not optional. It's essential. You need to forgive. And you know what the Lord just showed me? My son, if my word says you can, then I will help you to achieve that. I can't do it on my own. And that day I just got down on my knees and I said, well, Lord, for me as a person, it's impossible. 
But I want to be obedient because your word says it. I will be obedient. So, Lord, today I make the decision. I will forgive. You know, Lord, to be really honest, I don't feel like it yet, but I will forgive because you say so. You know, and we need to be obedient. Jesus says in John 14, he says, those who have my word and do it, those are the ones who truly love me. You know? So you need to be obedient. And I wanted to be obedient. I said, well, Lord, here I am. I, I'm, I'm trying my best to be obedient. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. And then I started with this whole process. And every day when the wrong thoughts came up, I, I replaced it with Scripture, and I started reciting Scripture. You know, the devil doesn't like that because he's relentless, and he will attack you all the time. But if you put up the shield of the Word of God, of faith, he's got no opportunity to harm you anymore. And would you believe that after a month or so, I started feeling some relief? And, and after about six months or so, I even felt, yeah, I can actually smile about it. Eee, how's that possible? Now let me say this to you today. This is a testimony of the work of the Spirit of God, because I couldn't do it. David prays in Psalm 51, he says, Lord, change my heart, for I, I need a new heart. I need a clean heart. May this be your prayer today, Lord, I need a new heart. You know what? And the Lord truly, truly set me free. I think I've preached, I've stopped counting at 700 times in different provinces all over the country. I was asked to preach on forgiveness because the Lord used me for that. Not because Andre is so special. Andre is just a nobody. But the Spirit of God, Jesus, He's the one. And He set you free. And while we're in this spring refresh, here's the fresh invitation to you. If any one of you are burdened down by unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness, anger, won't you, won't you come and stand here in the front? May, may I ask some of the pastors, will you come and stand here? Won't you, won't you take the courage and come out of your seat and let us pray with you? Because for sure there are people here battling with these things. Come, let us be obedient to the Lord. The Lord wants to set you free today. The Lord wants to set you free today. It's not necessary to live with unforgiveness. It's not necessary. Why should we allow the enemy to burden us down? Thank you. Come to the front. Come to the front. Come, yes, people who will pray with you. Thank you, Lord. You set people free today. The song that we sang, He lead me out of my Egypt, I can see the shackles falling. Today we see the shackles falling. Amen. Let us give the Lord a hand of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We need two more ladies. Is there shepherd ladies here who can help, please? Two more shepherd ladies. Thank you. There's two. Please come and pray with these people. And I want you who sit... Please extend your hands to them. Pastors, you can please pray for them. Extend your hands to them and believe the Lord for a mighty work in their lives today. You know, the word says that this is the reason that Jesus came to the earth, was to destroy the work of the evil. And this is what you see happening here. 
Thank you. There is someone coming for you as well. Thank you, Suzette. Awesome. This is what you see doing, happening here today. Jesus has come to set you free. We need another one here, please. Any lady? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You set them free. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for a new work. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you clean them. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you set them free. We stand against the work of the enemy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for freedom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We adore you. We glorify you. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that you set them free. Thank you, Lord, set them free. Each one of them set them free. Thank you, Jesus. 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 You set them free. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. something like this, what it means to be set free. You won't know what it means if you haven't battled with things like these to be set free. It's a wonderful work of grace and mercy from God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for every person that you set free today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you for everyone and I want to encourage all those people who came out that if you need practical help, please make use of our help. We can truly help you in that regard. Isn't it wonderful? Shall we give the Lord a hand of praise? Amen. Thank you, everyone. Now, this morning I had the privilege of meeting and old-time teacher of mine. Can you believe it? Where is she? Where's the lady? Won't you, won't you just get up? There she is. Ah, oh, she didn't know this morning that this will happen. Oh, give her a Thank you. Now, would you believe it? She taught me English in standard six. So from now on, each mistake I make speaking English, we know where it comes from. Yeah, isn't it wonderful? Yeah. Well, today I want to share to you some notes about being a citizen of heaven. Do you realize that you are a citizen of heaven if you are a child of God? Do you realize that? It's something that we forget quite easily. But this is what the Bible says. And you know what's a wonderful thing? is that the social sciences and the psychologists, etc., etc., they sort of found out that people perform much, much better when they visualize the outcome as if it already exists and then work from there back 
to where you are. Instead of slugging your way from where you are now to where you want to be. Let me explain. If you've got a weight problem you, or you want to lose weight, it's something different to look at yourself every day and be aware of how much overweight you are, etc., etc. And there's that little picture on the fridge, and uh, this is where you're going to, you want to go to, and wow, but it's difficult. And every day you see that and you just feel like this is never going to happen. How about if you can have a perspective change, a mind change, and let something happen in your mind saying, but this is actually who I am. That picture with a, you know, that beautiful picture on the fridge, I just need to get rid of some of the excess here. But this is who I really am. And then you start working from that perspective. It's so much better. Now, there's a lot to say about that, which we won't today. But you know what? A celebration is much better than a struggle. Actually, all that happens is I celebrate something that's not already there as if it is there. It's much easier to celebrate than to struggle. Now, I love to have scripture for these things that I say. I want to read to you out of the Amplified Romans 4 from verse 17. Just listen to this. As it is written, I have made you, now God is speaking to Abraham here, the father of many nations, in the sight of God, whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone. Those of you who were here last night, Pastor John spoke on hope. What a beautiful, powerful word of God. In God, there's always hope. But from a human reason, all hope being gone. Hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised. So shall your descendants be. Listen to verse 19. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead because he was about a hundred years old old, or the barrenness of Sarah's womb. Let's just stop there a bit. You know, if you're close to a hundred, you've got a few challenges, especially if God tells you you're going to have a whole bunch of kids, you know. That, that's a challenge. Let me tell you. That's a challenge. You won't know because you're not close to 100, but it's a challenge. And especially if your wife is like 90, that might even be a bigger challenge. So Abraham, he was contemplating this promise, and I'm very sure that he, he thought about his own body, and then he would open the tent flap, and he would look at Sarah there, and he would just, oh Lord of mercy. Now, there are not many people here today who are older than 90 years old. Let me say to you, this is quite something. And now, but here's this promise. Here's this promise, but he had a promise from God. And this is what kept him alive. This is what worked. For listen, it says in verse 20, no unbelief or distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered 
empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and do what he had promised. Wow, what a word is that? Fully convinced that God is able to keep his promise. Now, I started off by saying, we are citizens of heaven. Do you believe that you are a citizen of heaven? Well, this is what the word says. The question now is only, would you believe it? Because this is exactly what Abram did. And he had a mind shift because he met a God who called the things that were not as if it was already. He met that God, and he became friends with that God. And that God changed his whole perspective, and he stopped looking at Sarah and shook his head. He stopped doing that, but he looked forward to the promise of God, and he made it his own. And I'm sure when he was truly, truly worried about the outcome of this whole story, this is exactly what the Bible says. He was empowered. He didn't weaken. His faith didn't weaken, but he was empowered. His faith was empowered by praising and worshiping God. So let me say this to you today. Even if you sit here and you say, oh, pastor, yeah, 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 yeah. I am so far from a heavenly citizen as can be. How about you ask the same Holy Spirit that moved here earlier, working in these people's lives, the same Holy Spirit, to just come draw close to you and start a magnificent work in you, turning your perspective and start to convince you that you are actually a citizen of heaven, even though you are battling on earth. Because that's the truth of the word. That's the truth of the word. And that is our hope. You know, and people always, uh, many people, when I phone them, they ask, and how are you, Andre? I say, well, I am excellent. I am splendid. I couldn't be better. Then they sort of quiet. And some of them would say, well, how come? Uh, did you win the lotto or something like that? I said, no, no, no. You know, if you're clever, if you're handsome, if you're rich, <laughs> it's always going well with you. And you can see how handsome I am, eh? can't you? A good place for an amen there. And then they are silent for more than one second. I say, but don't worry, don't worry. I'm not arrogant. I've got scripture for that. Because the Bible says, see the things that are not as if they are. <laughs> the promise, the word was established because Abraham considered him who made the promise to be faithful and true. Ladies and gentlemen, if I can tell you one thing, if you can take one thing away from this service today, God who makes the promise is faithful and true, and he means what he says. And if this book says, listen, child of God, you are a citizen of heaven. You're only passing through here. You are looking towards a city. You are striving towards a new home. Then start believing the word of God. For this is what the word says. We can trust him. Well, if we believe that, 
we've got splendid news. Philippians 3 verse 20 says, we are different because we, our citizenship is in heaven. And from there, we eagerly await the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we are citizens from heaven. Are you starting to believe it? This is what the word says. We are citizens of heaven. And then Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, And he raised us up together with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now let me just say this. This is no cheap just say it and claim it and there it is. No, no, no. This is talking about a walk with Jesus because he says in Jesus you are seated. In Jesus you are a citizen of heaven. So you need to walk with him. You need to serve him. You need to worship him. You, you need to love him. You truly need to love him and embrace him in your life. Then the promises of the word is true. So two things. We when we believe this is what the Word says, where we are, we are in heaven. And from this position, how do we function? Now, where are we? Location, location. Let me say this. Location matters a lot. But location will matter even more in eternity. In actual fact, that's the only thing that will matter. A location, location. Remember that. And there's only two locations. <laughs> only two. There's no middle ground. Where are you going to spend eternity? We are going to spend eternity with Jesus, with a Father, in the presence of God. Can you imagine that? You know, when we were worshiping here, I could feel the presence of God so tangibly. And I was thinking of heaven. And people, when they think of heaven, they think about the, the gold, the green, the, this, this, this. You know what? The most important thing of heaven is you will be in the presence of God. You will experience His presence. Can you imagine that? The little bit that we experience here. Can you imagine living in that? In His presence. This is where we're going to be. Our citizenship is in heaven. So, don't get too attached to this world, to this earth. But while we live here, you are already of heaven if you're born again. You're merely a passerby looking for a new city. Through His resurrection, He raised us together with Him. So what does this mean? We are living from a place of authority. Can you believe that? This is actually what the word means. When he says we are in heaven, our citizenship is in heaven, it means that we live from a position of authority, heavenly authority. In the spirit, you are already there. This is what it means. You know what? The Bible says every, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. While we are here, we can start pulling down that authority, and we may start living under that authority and with that authority and bring the kingdom of God into this world. This is what it means. This is it's a realm of power, of joy, of peace, no anxiety and fear. I'm positioned with Him, with Jesus, and this is the reality that happens. I'm seated with Him. Well, you may say to me, well, I don't feel like that. I know. There are many times that we don't feel like that. But how about we just start believing the truth of the Word? How about we just say, 
Lord, this is what your word says. So I'm going to believe this. Lord, what does this mean? What does this mean for my life? Start seeing yourself there. Start celebrating a life of victory. This means that you are an ambassador, a designated man or woman of God with the most high backing behind you. He even filled you with heaven's power. He breathed his spirit into you. And, and the Bible says His Holy Spirit will even continue to fill you, empowering you. So we live with a passport of heaven in our hearts. And nowadays they talk a lot about passports. Passports which we don't like to hear about. But anyway, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes, how it will fall out. Let me say this. If we are spirit-filled men and women of God, you've got the passport of heaven in you. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. And this is my passport. I'm a citizen of heaven. So whenever the ruler of this world confronts me, whenever he wants to tell me I am subject to his wiles, to sin and misery, I tell him this is not the truth. The truth of the word says I am a citizen of heaven and I'm only passing by here. I'm only passing through. I'm spending a few short years on this place, but I'm on my way to my heavenly home. But while I'm here, you can't touch me because I've got a passport of heaven in my spirit. Amen. Wow, this gives me hope. This really gives me hope. And Satan will try to deceive you all the time. Of, he won't want you to believe this all the time. He would try to deceive you. So now I'm establishing his kingdom on earth. Wherever I go, I proclaim his victory. I proclaim his, his life. I proclaim his goodness. Now we function and operate from this position in heaven. So I, I, I really ask you, I encourage you, I invite you to start seeing yourself for who you really are in Christ. You are an ambassador of heaven. You are designated by God. You are called by Jesus. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't belong here. You only pass through here. But while you're here, you live a different life. And the enemy has got no hold over you. Why should we allow him to have a hold over us? This is exactly what happened here this morning when the Lord set some people free here because this is the lie of the enemy. The lie of the enemy tells you you cannot forgive. You will never be able to forgive. And he puts burdens on people and he weighs them down and he kills them. He robs them of joy and peace. But the truth of the word says that he, Jesus, came to dissolve of the works of the enemy and he gives you and I the authority to walk through this earth and to proclaim his victory and to tell people about this magnificent Jesus and the work that he's done. Wow, that, that's good. You know, I think I should start preaching. Yeah. Anyway, when you believe and embrace his word, it will change your perspective, it will change your attitude, your whole belief system. We are no longer defeated, hopeless, struggling slaves, suffering under the power of the enemy. No, we live and speak from a position of power and authority. Colossians 1 says, 
God has drawn us to himself and has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son, the kingdom of light. Is this where you live? Wow. Or do you live here? Do you live in the kingdom of darkness? No, child of God, we should not be living there. This is the lie of the enemy. This is not the truth. The truth is, the Bible says, when you said yes to Jesus, when he filled you with his spirit, you, you accepted him. It says, God the Father, the one that has drawn you closer, he transferred you. He took you out of this realm of the enemy of darkness and sin and misery, and he transferred you into the kingdom of light. And this is where we need to live and walk from and talk from and live from and praise from and worship from for this is where we live and not there this is where we live i'm a citizen of heaven amen does it make sense to you well good now who's our example other than jesus the true heaven's citizen who spent a few short years on earth Listen to what he did. He proclaimed the kingdom of God wherever he went. Whenever he found lack, he celebrated an overflow and more than enough. What do we do? Do we fall into anxiety? <laughs> what did Jesus do? When he encountered lack, he spoke into the situation. He released his authority, the power of his word, and he celebrated the overflow and more than enough, which was already there in heaven. Amen? When he encountered the storm, he celebrated calmness and peace. When he encountered the blind eye, he celebrated the gift of sight. When he encountered a deaf ear, he celebrated the gift of hearing. When he encountered condemnation, he celebrated mercy and compassion. When he encountered death, he celebrated life. When he encountered arrogance and pride, he celebrated meekness and kindness. When he encountered hatred, he celebrated love. He changed lives. He gave hope. He opened graves. He set the captives free. He undone the work that the enemy has done. This is what Jesus did. And you know what? When he left earth, he told his disciples, now you go and do exactly that. So if Jesus was speaking to you today, he would say, dear child, you are now my ambassadors. Learn from me. When I encountered lack, I didn't fall in a pit of despair, but I released the words of my Father of more than enough, the words of abundance. When I encountered hatred, I responded with love. When I encountered condemnation, I responded with acceptance and freedom and love and mercy. This is what it means to walk in the kingdom of light. This is what it means 
when I'm a citizen of heaven. It means I celebrate a new life. It means I celebrate the truth of the Word of God already living in me. But you say, but, but pastor, it's not the reality in my life. Well, how about you start believing it? How about you start taking God on His Word and say, well, Lord, this is not what I experience at this moment, but Lord, I want this in my life. And I'm endeavoring to see these truths fulfilled in my life. And the same Holy Spirit that set people free here, that same Holy Spirit will change your perspective and it will change your walk and you will start walking. What's that song? Walk like an Egyptian. No, you won't walk like an Egyptian. You will walk like an ambassador of Christ Jesus. You will walk in victory. You will seek an opportunity to speak words of life. You will seek an opportunity to set people free who have been condemned by so many others. Because Jesus, His words will live in you. His truth will live in you. And you will bring about the kingdom of God wherever you go. And you will become the hope of this world. This is you and I. If we are not the salt, who will be? If you and I don't proclaim the victory of Jesus, who will do it? We need to do it. And it can start right here. And it can start right here in your life today. Just start celebrating the truth. And those finances, finances, those relationships, whatever is going on in your life, no, get a perspective change and say, no, 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 this does not belong in my life. I'm a citizen of heaven and I proclaim the victory of God over this. I will never accept the lie of the enemy in my life. Never I go for life. I go for victory. For he defeated death. He defeated sin. He defeated sickness. He defeated broken marriages. He defeated all of these. Lord, I go for victory. For I'm a citizen of heaven. Does it make sense to you? Well, now what does it mean practically? Let's just go back to the beginning. This is exactly what Abram did. Remember Abram when you have a challenge. Remember Abram and Sarah, an old man and an old lady, 190 years old. I don't need to say more about that. But think about them, and you think you've got a challenge. What did Abram do? He turned around. He turned his mind around, and he took his eyes off from Sarah and his own, and he looked unto Jesus. That's why the Hebrew writer says, don't get entangled in the sin and the cares of the world, but run your race, run the course of your race with determination, keeping the eyes fixed on Jesus, the beginner and the finisher of our race. Amen. This is what we do. So whenever the challenge presents himself, you remind the enemy of who you are. I'm not in this kingdom anymore. Enem enemy Satan, I'm in the kingdom of light. And here I will strengthen myself, even though it hasn't realized yet I see it in my spirit's eye, and I strengthen myself by singing the victory, praising God, for I know it will happen, and it will happen suddenly. My breakthrough will be there. Amen. I will not accept defeat 
For he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the way maker, the miracle worker. He's my King. He's my Lord. Him I celebrate, and I celebrate his life in me. So this is all that I wanted to share with you today, and I trust that this will be some refreshing in your heart. What a wonderful opportunity this is to get refreshed by the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord, for that. Amen. So let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for your refreshing. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for the mighty work that you do in every life today here. We thank you, Lord, that you set us free from a spirit of defeat, a spirit of lack. Lord, that you help us to understand the truth of your word, that we are citizens of heaven and that we are ambassadors establishing the kingdom of God wherever we go with your authority, not in arrogance, but humble, meek, full of love, full of mercy. We walk this walk. We talk this talk. We share the word, the truth, the victory of Jesus. Amen. Amen.